Hello, this is Rabbi Weinreb again with the second Parsha of Parshas Emor for Shnayim Mikro. We begin with Sheni. In the first Parsha, Rishon, we learned about the special Kedusha which is incumbent upon the Kohen so that he is not permitted to come into contact uh, with a dead body with various exceptions that we listed yesterday. Uh, he can only marry um, certain types of women, and he's prohibited from marrying uh, various others, for example, a divorcee, a chalola, or a zona. And we learned the basic halachas of a Kohen Gadol, who has, uh, in some ways, extra restrictions, uh, but also has... Uh, extra privileges, so to speak. One being that he can be makriv onon, even when he is in the first stages of grief upon the loss of a close relative, he can still or must still serve in the Beis HaMikdosh. Now, we're moving ahead with another halacha about the Kohen, all Kohanim, namely the halachos of Mumim of those physical uh, those physical injuries, uh, physical um, conditions, physical blemishes, which render him uh, uh, unable, uh, disallowed, uh, to participate uh, as a Kohen in the Avoda, in the worship. And the Pesach begins and says, At Sheni, Vayadaber Hashem al-Moshe lemor, daber al-Haron lemor. Moshe has told to tell Aaron that if any of your children through all generations should have a blemish, he cannot approach to offer the bread of God. He cannot approach. That's Pasuk Yud Zayat. Because whoever, every man that has a blemish shall not approach. A blind man, a lame man, or uh, any type of maimed or, or uh, disproportionate limbs. Rashi says that means a, uh, a special type of mum, namely that his nose uh, is sunk uh, between his eyes so that his eyes look like they are uh, two eyes kind of blend into one. Of great disfigurement of the face. So rua is when one of his limbs is much larger than the other one, one hand longer than the other one, etc. So the the difficulty here is in Pasuk Yud Zion it says he should not approach and then Pasuk Yud Ches says he shouldn't approach because he shouldn't approach Rashi explains this to me he shouldn't approach he shouldn't be involved in the Korban because it is not at all befitting that a man who is blemished should offer a Korban a korban is something which has to be, you have to give the best possible uh, animal, the best possible person, and not 
anyone with any kind of imperfections, even with a physical one. So it's lo yikrav ki chol ish asher b'mom lo yikrav. He says ain't no din she yikrav, as if it would say in Yiddish espasnish. Not only because it's, a, it's a, an isur, it's not seemly, it's not proper that something imperfect, something so freakish should be involved, someone so freakish should be involved in offering the korban. So besides the blind man, the lame, the chorum, and the sorua, the Pasuk goes on to name other blemishes. O ish asher a person who has a broken foot, o yod, or a broken hand, o gibain, or a crooked back, o, uh, o dak, or a person with a certain type of um, eye a disease, o tuvalul bi'eno, a different type of eye disease where the elements of the eye, the components of the eye are all um, mixed together so that the eye is very disfigured. O gorov, o yalefes, or he has certain scabs or scurvies, certain skin diseases. O meroach oshech, or a person whose testicles are crushed. Koli shasher bomum, any person who has such a defect. Mizera Aharon HaKohen, from Aharon's children. Lo yigash Hashem. He cannot come near to offer the offerings of God. Mumbo, he has this blemish. Es lechem elokov lo yigash He cannot be actively involved in the service in the Beis HaMikdosh. But he can eat, as we will see in the next Pasuk. He can eat from those karbonos along with the other kohanim. Lechem elokov mikodoshe hakodoshim umin hakodoshim yochel. He may eat the bread of God, most holy and ordinary holy. What he cannot do is achel haparoches lo yavo. He cannot come close to the curtain, to the veil, the paroches, meaning he cannot do those avodos which involve sprinkling dam, sprinkling blood toward the paroches. Nor can he come near the altar. He cannot profane my holy places. I am God who has sanctified them. So this is a special dinim. Now we've almost concluded the dinim incumbent upon the Kohanim, which have to do with Tumas Mace, which have to do with whom they can marry which have to do with their physical disqualifications. All of these things, the Pesach now says, Moshe Moshe gave these instructions to Aaron and to his children, and to all the children of Israel. And one might wonder, all the children of Israel, why did they have to be told these dinim? So Rashi answers, Lahazir based in al hakohanim. So that based in the Bnei Yisroel, the non-Kohanim should have a supervisory role here, and they should warn and instruct and admonish and enforce these laws which apply to the Kohanim. Continuing now, still we're in Sheni Sheni Tishlishi, but we have a new parak that we're beginning Chaf Beis, 
And we're moving on to something else which has to do with the Kohanim, although, as we will see, it has implications for non-Kohanim as well. God spoke to Moshe and told him, Speak to Aaron and his sons. They should separate themselves. Rashi says, Nezira means Prisha, separation. They should withdraw, they should recoil, they should remove themselves. Meaning, they shouldn't think, well, a non-Kohen, he's got to be real careful not to come close to the holy uh, meat of the sacrifices uh, because he might be Tomeh, he might himself be a person who is in the halachic status of Tomeh. But I'm a Kohen, I'm a Gansa Bikshat, and therefore a Kohen might think that he doesn't have to be quite so careful. Over and against that, Moshe is told to tell Aharon, too must be careful not to handle Kodeshim, holy objects, holy foodstuffs, when they are Tomeh. Lest they desecrate my holy name. They should not uh, mishandle those things which are holy to me. But rather say to them, Any person of the Kohanim throughout the generations, El HaKodoshim, who comes close to the holy materials, which the Jewish people will sanctify, in a time when he is in a state of uncleanness, then the punishment is horrible. Coming into contact, certainly eating a uh, korbon, which is permitted to eat under other circumstances, but to eat when you are in an unclean state, a state of tumor, the punishment for that is kores. And therefore, if a descendant of Aaron is in the Tome status of being a leper or a Zav, a Tzorua or a Zav, he shouldn't eat Kodashim until he is purified. A person who touches someone who touched a dead body. A person who emitted sperm, a man who emitted sperm. A man who touched any one of the reptiles, which is Tomei, or came into contact with a person from whom he can um, uh, attract, so to speak, whom he can become Tomei. Such a person is Tomei until evening. And he cannot eat Kodeshim until he has gone to the mikveh, until he has bathed his flesh in water. And then when the sun comes down, he is pure. And then he can eat from the Kodeshim. Now here, we have several psukim which seem to be repetitive and which are understood by Chazal. And Rashi points this out. Um, at length, again and again, actually, uh, in the following way. If you look at these psukim, you see, first of all, the Torah says, you can't eat Kodshim until he bathes himself, until he goes to the mikvah. 
So if he goes to the mikvah 3 p.m. in the afternoon, seems that he can then eat the Kodeshim. The next Pasuk, Pasuk Zion says, no, Uvo Hashemesh Vitoher, only after sunset, then can he eat the Karbono. So the sunset is not until, let's say, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Can he eat when he goes to the mikvah at 3 p.m., or does he have to wait until sunset? And then we've learned much earlier in Pasha's Tazria that the, 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 the Mitzorah cannot eat, or the Yoledes, can, the woman who gives birth, cannot eat until until she offers her, offers her special sacrifices, which can only take place the next day. So, so, so these, all these psukim seem to fly in the face of one another. And therefore, the Gemara in Meseches Yevomos and elsewhere explains that this is what it's all about. There are different types of tumor, different types of tumor and different types of things that you uh, may not eat when you're on tummy. You may not eat Maaser Sheni. You may not eat the second tithe. Remember, you had a farm somewhere in Israel. The first tithe goes to the levy. The second tithe, you take to Yerushalayim and eat there, or you get money, change it for money, and bring the money to Yerushalayim and buy food and eat it there. That food is Maaser Sheni. You can't eat it when you're tummy. However, if you're tummy, you went to the mikvah at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, at 4 o'clock you can eat Maaser. However, you cannot eat Truma just yet. Truma, that Kohen cannot eat Truma, which is his bread, Lachmo. He can't eat it until Harav Shemesh, until Uvo HaShemesh V'Toher, until the sun has set. According to the Rambam, it's quite a bit later than sunset. Then there are those individuals who have to bring a Korban after their Tomei, a Zov, a Zova, a Yoledes, a Mitzora, etc., they can eat truma if they're kohanim. They can eat truma by uvo hashemesh, by well after sunset. But they cannot eat kodshim. They cannot eat karbonos until they bring their karbonos. They are called mechusar kipurim or mechusrei kapora. They are missing their karbonos and they can't eat until the next day. So in this way, we've reconciled all the psukim. But notice, we're no longer just, we're no longer talking about all Kodoshim. In Pasuk Zion, when it says, that Kodoshim, that holy thing, is not karbono, sacrificial meat, but rather it is truma, a special truma which belonged to the Kohen. The Kohen can't eat it if he is Tameh until after Bias Shemesh. Then Pasuk Ches, which is an obvious problem. They cannot eat a uh, a nevela or a trefa. Now, a nevela is an animal which um, dies of itself. A trefa is an animal which is torn by beasts. Now, he cannot eat those. Now, you might wonder, <laughs> neither can a non-Kohen eat nevela or trefa. But here, nevela or trefa lo yochal litomovo. He cannot eat it to become tome. So there are various approaches to this. And the, the Rishonim, and you look in, in the Ramban on this and other Rishonim, offer a simple approach here, and that is, of course, nevelos or trefos, animals which haven't been slaughtered properly, are also are prohibited to all Jews, not only Kohanim. But here, the Kohen is being told an extra love. Don't eat it, because when you eat it, you're going to become Tomei. Rashi, following Chazal, introduces here a whole 
other meaning of nevela utrefa. And that is, if a person eats nevelas of tohor, nevela, let's say, of a dead chicken or duck or turkey or whatever, touching that carcass of the dead kosher bird would not make him tome. But eating it makes him tome. That's the nevela that we're discussing. What about a dead crow or a dead hawk or a dead no-kosher bird? So here it says, Nevela utrefa. Misha yesh bemino trefa. A bird where you can speak of kosher or treif, so to speak, like a duck or a chicken or a, a dove. Then you can speak of this new tumor that we're learning about now, of swallowing the meat of a non uh, non-shechted chicken, of a chicken which died by some means other than shechita. And that, but that only applies to those species of which we can speak of trefa or not trefa, like the kosher birds. However, the bird is an eagle, a hawk, a raven, or whatever, which is not a kosher bird, eating that nevela would not make you tome. Then the Pasik says, Vishomru es mishmarti. You've got to really watch my watch. You've got to protect, make sure, be extra careful, make a fence around the fence. Follow Yisu Olof so that you not bear the sin, because the sin of eating Teruma when you're Tome Umesu Vo is death. Ani Hashem Bekadsho. Vichol Zor Layochal Kodesh. A Zor, a non Kohen, should not eat Truma. Toshav Kohen Visochi Layochal Kodesh. A Evet Ivri, a Jewish slave, who is either in his first years of enslavement, or he has already gone past the six-year mark and he has gone through the process of Ritzia, his ear has been pierced, etc. But the Evan Ivri, the Jewish slave of a Jewish person, is not Gufo Kanui. He's not mamish owned like chattel by the slave owner. So therefore, he's just like a worker. And a Kohen's worker cannot eat Truma. But, Pasek Kohen ki yikne nefesh kinyan kaspo. If a Kohen actually purchases someone, meaning he purchases a non-Jewish slave, who, Yochal Bo, that non-Jewish slave is the Kinyan Kesef, is the property of the Kohen, and therefore he can eat Truma, or she. Vilid Beiso, and the Kohen's child, Haim Yochlu Velachmo, he, they, can certainly eat um from the truma, what Rashi says, so means the children of the slaves. He bought a slave, a Gentile slave. That Gentile slave's children can also eat Kohen. And Rashi points out that a Kohen's wife can also eat truma because a Kohen's wife is also, in a sense, his purchase. He's purchased her for Kesef. He's purchased her for the Kesef, for the money of Kedushin. Uvas Kohen. Suppose a Kohen has a daughter. Kohen's name is Kohen, and he has a daughter. Her name is Sarah Kohen. But she goes and marries Yochanan Goldberg, who's not a Kohen. So she's married to Zor. Yochanan Goldberg cannot eat Truma. What about Sarah, his wife? After all, she was born a Bas Kohen. No. He, Visrumas HaKadoshim Lo Sochel, she cannot eat Truma. But suppose now, Yochanan Goldberg divorces Sora Cohen. Or Yochanan Goldberg dies, 
and Sarah Cohen is now a widow, and she's now, so to speak, returns to her father's home, then, if she has no children from Yochanan Goldberg, no little Goldbergs, then she can return. She's a woman, divorced uh, or widowed, childless. She goes back to her father's home and can eat truma there. If Sarah Cohen becomes a widow or a divorcee from her non-Kohen husband, we called him Yochanan Goldberg, and she has no children from Yochanan, then she goes back to her father's home as if she was a young woman, a young girl. She can eat from her father's bread, from Truma. And again, repetitively, the Zor, the non-Kohen, cannot eat Truma. So the Chazal are bothered, and Rashi, of course, focuses on this. We just had earlier in Pasuk Yud, it says, V'chol zor lo yochal kodesh. Zor is a stranger, a non-Kohen. And now again in Pasuk Yud Gimel, Nochamol, V'chol zor lo yochal What is this all about? So Rashi says, this comes to stress. A zor, a zor, a zor, a non-Kohen cannot eat truma. But an onon, a person who just lost a close relative, a Kohen who just lost his father, mother, sister, brother, wife, he can eat truma. He can't eat kodashim, but he can eat truma. Only a czar cannot. Now, suppose a person accidentally, a non-Kohen, accidentally eats truma. You go and visit, say, our friend Yochanan Goldberg married Sarah Cohen, and he's alive and well. It's a nice, happy marriage. She can't eat truma. He can't eat truma. But suppose they go for Pesach back to Papa's house, Yochanan to his father-in-law, Sarah to her father. And in the father's house, there's matzah, and uh, if they broke, there's knedlach. And suppose that matzah or those knedlach are from grain which was truma, which the father, Mr. Cohen Sr., Sarah's father, is perfectly permitted to eat. Now the question is, suppose they accidentally eat truma. Very likely, very probably it was once very common. So the Pasuk says, kodesh If a person eats truma accidentally, then Suppose they ate a dollar's worth of truma, they have to return to Mr. Cohen Sr. a dollar twenty of, or according to some, a dollar twenty-five, a fifth extra uh, of truma. And they give the Kohen this truma, meaning they don't give him a dollar twenty or a dollar twenty-five. There's two ways of reckoning a fifth, and I won't go into the details here. But one way is reckoning a fifth from within. A dollar, a fifth of it is twenty. So a dollar twenty is the Karen plus the Chomesh. Others say, no, it's a fifth of the total which is 25, it's a fifth of 125. So you have to give 125. But you don't give it in cash, rather you give it in kodesh. You give it in matzah, in crackers, in, in, in wheat, in barley, etc. And then the summary Hashem. Be careful not to desecrate the holy things which the Jewish people gave and raised up to God by giving it as truma to the Kohen. Rashi stresses, this osam here means the koanim. The koanim are told 
Of course, the Zor, the non-Kohen, cannot eat truma. And it's got to be very careful not to do so. And certainly can't eat Kodashim Karbanos themselves. But you, Kohanim, have to be careful. You're the ones, basically, who have this Truma, these Karbanos in your possession. You have to make sure that the Zorim, the non-Kohanim, do not eat them. Because if you, they do eat them and it's your fault because you didn't protect them properly, then you will bear this grievous sin when they eat. I am God who has sanctified, who has, so to speak, made holy these Kohanim. So now we have finished in Parshas Emor until Shalishi. We finished until Shalishi. We did Sheni to Shalishi. Tomorrow we will do Shalishi until Revi'i.